This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. After the final buzzer sounds, we're here to wrap it up. Why not? Here's Steph Curry! It's time for Warriors Wrap Up. Wrap up. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason inside Chase Center where the Knicks beat the Warriors tonight in overtime, 124 to 122, 888 888-957-9570. Whitey Gleason, it was a game the Warriors trailed by as many as 22. They would then come all the way back to lead by two in the fourth quarter, but the Warriors uh, would find themselves trailing by six with about 47 seconds to go. And uh, they would actually force overtime. D'Angelo Russell hitting a three. Alec Burks hit a big three in the final 46 seconds. And the Warriors would force overtime at 112 apiece before ultimately falling tonight, 124 to 122. It was a battle of the teams with the two worst records in the NBA and the and which of these teams actually played last night uh, that would, one team looked l- a little flat-footed and the other one played with a lot of energy and I'm a little confused as to which one was in Portland last night yeah it was the Knicks yeah who, who pick up their fifth win they snap a 10-game losing streak this oh is the goodness. second time now in 10 days that a team has snapped a 10-game losing streak at the hands of the Warriors uh-huh. the Hawks did it back in Atlanta on the Warriors' last road trip. Uh, So uh, the Warriors coming home after a big win in Chicago. They take on Memphis and the Knicks, and you're thinking this could be an opportunity for the Warriors maybe to get on a little bit of a winning streak uh, as they get healthier, and the Warriors playing tonight with everybody healthy except the two uh, Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson, who are going to be out until sometime in the spring uh, at the earliest. And the Warriors just were woefully flat, down 30-20 at the end of the first quarter. Another slow start, down 68.50 at the half. Down 68.50 at the half. What do you do if you're Steve Kerr? What do you do? Hey, how do you get off to better starts? We're all taking naps. Nobody's taking naps. Well, Uh, the one thing that... Juice boxes for everybody pregame. What? Something. Well, the one thing Steve Kerr did do is he flipped Marquise Chris and and Willie Cauley-Stein in the rotation. He he benched Willie Cauley-Stein as far as being the starter coming out at at the beginning of the third quarter. Now, Cauley-Stein did still come into the game uh, as the first big man sub, of the half and, and did wind up uh, playing in the second half. So it wasn't like he was benched for good, but I think he, he wanted a little more energy from Chris. And I did think Chris sparked the Warriors a little bit in the third quarter as they got back into the ball game. But uh, I, I just, my, my question for you and, and just question for the, the listeners out there. And all and play. Okay. People, and all play at 888-957-9570. It just, it just, it, you know, 
I just see a lot of Warrior fans, and we're in the building. We're, we're talking to people that are just very comfortable, like very comfortable with, well, you know what, they 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 got down, and, and that's too bad, and, and obviously talent is an issue for this team. But they fought like heck to get back into the game, and they lost, and it's just kind of, oh, yeah, you know, oh, well. Mm -hmm. uh, that winds up helping the Warriors in the reverse standings as they now are back atop the reverse standings uh, in the NBA. But I guess, I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, it, it, how are you taking losses like tonight and losses like Monday and losses like the game in Charlotte and Atlanta? Because the overwhelming sense I get is that everybody's just cool with it. Like it's just and not that anything necessarily can be done, but there just seems to be this. Yeah, well, it, it's just the way it's going to be for this season and, and it's going to work out for the betterment of the franchise moving forward because of draft positioning and, and all the options and all the things. Look, we've spent night after night after night after night after night talking about how things are very likely going to be different and the different ways, Whitey, that the Warriors can become a better team next year. But but I guess I, I think at least I, you know, given the way the Warriors had, had played and there was all this conversation about competitive losses, you know, here up until the last week. And the one thing that I cautioned was, hey, you know, it's only November and it's only early December. And at some point, the competitive losses you think are going to turn into wins. And if they don't, a season can get away from a team in, in a manner that I think is even unfathomable by those who believe that it could get pretty bad for this team. And I think that's kind of what we've started to see here in the last week. And I just, you know, I, I just want to kind of gauge... The, the pulse of the Warrior fan as this team sits at 5-21. and 21. I mean, I did the math, Whitey, and you know, they're on pace to win 15 games. Mm -hmm. The Golden State Warriors are on pace to win 15 games. And look, I think everybody, again, understands why, but I just get this sense that that people are just so comfortable with it and i and i just is that reality or it, it, you know is it a you know, small sample size of just people we talk to from time to time just where are you at with all of that well i've we have all covered teams or watched teams or followed teams that had um you know periods of extended periods of success and then all of a sudden the bottom drops out for whatever reason typically when that happens you have people who have a hard time coming to terms with it uh, they, okay, here, we're going to turn around tonight. Oh, what happened? There's outrage, there's shock, there's frustration. And you're right, we haven't seen a lot of that. Obviously, there's disappointment when the Warriors lose a close game, but there aren't a lot of fans right now. You don't have a fan base that's wondering, what is wrong? And I think it's because fans are buying in. They understand the notion of this being a quote-unquote sabbatical year, and they are confident that this year will give the Warriors the best possible chance to retool and get back into a position to be relevant next year. I think the larger question you're asking, if I'm hearing you right, is losses like this tonight, do they leave a mark? Or is it the type of thing that, okay, if you do get a high draft pick and Steph comes back, is it ultimately forgotten? A year from now, is it ultimately forgotten? I think if your plan goes a, the way you want it to, I think a loss like tonight, ultimately, if next year the Warriors uh, opening night back in the, back in the brand new building, if they're rel uh, if they're uh, relevant again and they're contending, I think this season and losses like tonight are forgotten. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I know we've talked about this, and you feel like you know that you can do some damage to your culture. I don't know. My guess is that if next year everything's back on track, it's all right, but we'll see. I will say this. I think the Knicks, in a way, can be a cautionary tale for the Warriors because you go back a year ago with the Knicks. The Knicks had grand plans. They thought, okay, this was last year. We're going to tank, but we're going to end up with a really high pick. Maybe we'll get Zion Williamson, okay, and then we're going to get Kevin Durant, and we'll probably get Kyrie Irving. 
and for the 2019-20 season, we'll be on our way. Well, look, they didn't get Zion Williamson. They got R.J. Barrett, who had a nice night tonight, but he's a far cry from Zion Williamson. They didn't get Kevin Durant. They didn't get Kyrie Irving. They had to fire their coach right now. I know they won tonight, but they're a disaster. So um, I think the Warriors have a much better organization, so it's much less likely that that, that happens. But the point is, your plans don't always go uh, the way you think they will. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason here. It's Warriors Wrap-Up uh, on 95.7 The Game. We're going to go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, coming up here, and then uh, we'll continue the discussion uh, as the Warriors fall to 5-21, and 21, and they have lost 8 of their last 10. Golden State falling to the Knicks tonight in overtime, 124 to 122. Let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr. How would you describe your teams, the difference in your team's first half versus the second half? Uh, well, we had a lot more uh, energy and uh, determination in the second half. I thought, uh, you know, first half we, we got behind and we hung our heads a little bit. And uh, second half we fought, fought like crazy and got back in the game and um, just couldn't quite pull it off. You guys seemed at one point to kind of be gaining some momentum this season. Why do you think that's kind of stalled a little bit? I'm sorry? You seemed, to, you know, maybe a couple of weeks ago to be kind of gaining some momentum. Uh, why do you think that's kind of stalled a little bit? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think we uh, I think we made a, a jump in our – improvement uh, defensively you know three weeks ago early in the season we were really struggling to guard and uh, our defense hasn't been as good the last uh, week or two second half was good we were much more aggressive but uh, you know when you're not getting stops it's it's really hard to sustain any momentum Steve I was going to ask you about the defense in the second half what did you see is just the main difference you mentioned playing hard at the effort, but anything else defensively, first half to second just, half. There? Just energy and, and aggression. Um, you know, guys were getting after it, and um, the bench was up, and we got the crowd into it, and um, it just um, gave us momentum. Steve, you talked before the game about, and you've said before about learning. What do you think your team learned from the comeback tonight? Well, I think they learned that um, it's a long game, you know, and, and there's lots of time to uh, to come back. You know, at, at halftime, I think we were down 18, and, um, you know, it, it, we were sort of lifeless, and um, we got back in the game pretty quickly in the third quarter. And that's a good lesson for young, young players in this league. Uh, it's a really long game, and you have to stay with it. Steve, what's the growth you've seen from uh, Marquise Chris since you got him? Um, Marquise has been really good um, at both ends. I thought he was f fantastic tonight. You know, he's so athletic, um, so he uh, you know, he runs the floor well. He, he's a shot blocker, um, good rebounder, and um, you know he's. I think he's gotten better defensively. You know, when we uh, got him in training camp, he was frequently out of position. I think he's gotten himself in better spots defensively. Uh, he's picked up, you know, better habits. And offensively, he's a pretty good passer. You know, he's good in the dribble handoff game. Um, he's got uh, got a nice feel 
offensively. So he's, I think he's a good player. Steve, we saw Eric with that wrap around uh, his side at the end of the game. Did he tweak that hip injury again? Yeah, tightened up on him, and for precautionary reasons, we kept him out. But uh, Rick's not too concerned. And with Kavan, he only played five minutes. Is he okay physically? Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we played almost everybody in the first half, and um, we just couldn't find uh, a rhythm. And we just decided, um, you know, with Robinson's uh, size, um, we decided to, um, you know, stay with with Willie on him. We changed the the, the matchups at halftime, and we stayed with Willie on Robinson when he came in. And uh, we decided if we found a group that was playing well, we were just going to stay with it. And that's why Loon and, and Jacob uh, didn't see action in the second half. It was just because other guys were playing well. Steve, what was your first impressions of uh, R.J. Barrett? Uh, he's a good player. He's got good size and, and uh, has a um, good, uh, good skilled rookie. He can get downhill and get to the rim and a uh, good-looking player. All right, so Steve Kerr there after the Warriors lose to the Knicks in overtime, 124-122. It's Warriors wrap-up here at 95-7 the game as we are brought to you by Realtor.com. Very interesting. of home search. Uh, Steve Kerr asked by Anthony Slater, our good friend uh, from The Athletic, uh, what's changed? Why is the momentum stalled? And He had nothing. He had no answer. Um, I don't know. What do and you then think? he then he went to the he said I I know defensively we had been playing better, uh, and then uh, we've taken a few steps back. But that was very telling that Steve Kerr did not have an answer. So either he really doesn't know, or there's something that he just doesn't feel it's prudent to say. I will say right now the Warriors they defend sporadically. They cannot for the most part they cannot shoot threes. They have little offensive structure at crunch time. Uh, and as they, they continue to acclimate to each other seemingly game by game, it's no surprise that, well, no, it is. I was going to say it's no surprise they have the worst record in the league, but it is a surprise, isn't it? The Warriors at 5-21. and 21. Well, look, I, I think if you go back to the way they had been playing up until, let's say, the Atlanta game last Monday in Atlanta, uh, they had been mostly competitive, right? And it was this young group of eight and nine guys that was fighting like the heck. The elite eight, Steve and, Kerr called and, them. And, and they were fighting like heck, and if they were playing a good team in this building, they, they were in the ball game in the fourth quarter. If they were playing a good team on the road, maybe they would take their lumps and get down double digits or close to 20, but they would fight back, and it would be a game somewhere in the 8- to 12-point range, and they would be you know, going toe-to-toe with that team. If there was maybe a, a team that was struggling, they'd be in the game down the stretch and, and maybe have a chance to win it within a possession or two late uh, and, and potentially maybe not able to finish the game, but but you're in the game. And, and I think everything that led up to the Atlanta game and the Charlotte game on this last road trip would have led you to believe, hey, this team's getting healthier. If that effort continues to translate, they are going to win a couple of games here and there. I think, look, ultimately what we're talking about is – the Warriors being five and twenty-one, and instead of the Warriors being five and twenty-one, maybe they are seven and nineteen. Maybe they're eight and and eighteen. Uh, oh, you know, if you just extrapolate it out over the you know course of an, an entire season, just a couple of games here and there. And look, that's the difference between you know being a good team and a bad team, being a uh, a mediocre team and an awful team, an awful team to one of the worst teams in the league. We're, 
it's always that fine line of a couple of games swing one way or another. Uh, but I just think there was this belief that it was going to, at the very least, continue to be as it had. And when you start playing teams that have similar records to yours, you were going to win a few, and that was going to stoke the momentum. Nothing that was going to significantly alter, let's say, the reverse standings or the lottery odds. Because, again, let's be honest, uh, Steve Kerr, and the players that are out there on the basketball court playing for the Warriors, they're not trying to lose. They're not trying to lose. They're going out there trying to win. And frankly, the Warriors haven't done anything. I, I know it's convenient and it's fun you know, for, for fans because of where this Warriors team is. It's fun and convenient, Whitey, to say, well, that's that's good for the lottery position You know, at the end of the night, right? you got to have right. some kind of positive tie to it. There's some truth to that. And, and, it, and there is some truth to that. But you know, the Warriors haven't exactly done anything to, to facilitate that it you know they haven't it's not like they're holding players out that are healthy it's not like it, it's just circumstances so the guys are going out there trying to win I don't know I I feel like this team and again in the long run maybe it works out and and it and it is what it's supposed to be but I, I feel like if you look at the way this team had played up until a week and a half ago they should have two more wins than they do in the last week and a half so you feel like losses like tonight they can leave a mark. Yeah. In essence, they can have a lasting effect. I'll tell I, you what, I, I, I think a lot of what you're saying, what I hear you saying, and I understand, and we've discussed it and we agree, I think a lot of it has to do with the expectations we bring to the game. When you have nine guys and you're starting three rookies, as we know they've, they've started three rookies uh, in the past, you're thinking they have no chance. So then when they compete, you're surprised and you think, oh, my goodness, they exceeded my expectations. Then when they start getting some veterans back and they're playing especially a team like the Knicks, we expect maybe more than we should. Um, for example, if, you know, tonight was a competitive loss. It was just such a terrible start against such a such a terrible team. Was it, though? I think some See, of our expectations you, are a little out of would, whack. Would you file that? See, I wouldn't file tonight under competitive loss. You got down 22 well, to was a team overtime. that hadn't won in a I mean, month. I, I, I mean, guess, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I just don't. It was like, a I don't, close game, like, and they were in it in the fourth if quarter If the Celtics overtime. are in here tonight, and mm -hmm. you go into overtime, and you lose by two, even if you get down 20, or, or, or the Bucks or, you know, the Clippers, the Lakers are in here tonight, and, and you get down 20, or, you know, even a rock. And you force overtime, and you wind up losing the game. Okay, I'll I'll file that under. Like I don't I don't really file tonight under. Tonight was no. You got down twenty two to a team that hadn't won a game in a month. Yeah, I think I don't like I that. Think... I don't. Again, you may. You, at the end of the day, it all works out. And look, if this team is you know fifteen and five next year, and and look, I think they're going to be vastly different. I mean, I've said it. Nobody said it more than me. Laid out the plan of how they can quickly and easily change things. I, I just think there's a long way to go this season, and you got to be careful how bad you let it get. Yeah, you said at the end of the day, maybe it'll all work out, and obviously the plan is that at the end of the year it all works out. I think our expectations are out of whack here, but I'm not making excuses. I'm saying when you look at this roster, um, and Jim's made this point, um, there's times tonight when I was looking at, at who was playing, and it was I think it was during the third quarter when they were starting to make a little run, um, but it almost the roster's almost compiled like an expansion team. Well, no, th there isn't. I, look, yeah, I so said it. I said it. I tweeted there's it. There's veterans out. out there, but some of these guys have. They don't really have track records. I tweeted it out during the game, and this is a fact. And like this, this it's an opinion, but I believe it to be fact. There isn't a single night right now where the Warriors go out on the basketball court and they are the more talented team. They had no answer tonight for Marcus Morris or Julius Randle or R.J. Barrett. They had no answer for. Uh, Either of those and, guys. And those three players with 
aside from perhaps D'Angelo Russell, those three players are all better than anybody that the Warriors have. And and you know that's that that is the reality. And we can him and Han talk about all these different things and and you know should it be a little bit better than it is? Because again, it, like I said, we're talking about the difference between at least I am five and twenty one and let's say eight and eighteen or. Or, or maybe seven and nineteen, something like that. It's not like I'm saying this team should be a 500 or anything even close to that necessarily. But the flip side to that, and the reality of that, and it's just you see it the last two nights. You see John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. and Dylan Brooks, and even a guy like Grayson Allen. You know, the Warriors don't have a talent advantage any night right now. That's not why even against the Knicks, who come in here at four and twenty. I was hoping to see Smilagich tonight. Although I guess if we saw Smilagich, that would have meant that we didn't see Pascal. So um, uh, either or, and and it sounds Six like good one half news does the other. But I, I it's Pascal. so much more fun. Yeah, it's it's just been so much more fun with this team this year uh, when they're not going to win games to watch the young players. That's that's really refreshing and fun. Now tonight was, I mean. You, I understand your point. You say it wasn't competitive because you, you should beat a team that bad. But, you know, the place was actually rocking. I mean, the fans were into it, well, especially at the end of regulation. D'Angelo Russell makes the three. So it was an entertaining night of basketball. It's just uh, if you're going to lose games, I'd rather see the youngsters play more. Now, I understand Jordan Poole, you're not doing him any favors playing. I, I'm, not, I'm not being critical. I'm not saying they're making a bad move. I'm just saying... Uh, this team is more entertaining when the young players are playing this year. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. It's Warriors wrap-up. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason here on 95.7 The Game. Now, back to Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. Warriors lose tonight to the Knicks, 124-122 in overtime. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, 888-957-9570, If you want to react to this one, uh, the Warriors lose by two in overtime after falling behind to the Knicks, who have essentially been a laughingstock in the NBA this season. Uh, fired their coach. Yeah. 4-20 and 20 coming in. They'd lost 10 consecutive games, and they walk out of Chase Center with a victory in what was the first overtime game in Chase Center history tonight. So the Knicks win. Uh, also the first time that Steve Kerr, in his time coaching the Warriors, that he loses to the New York Knicks as the Knicks last won in the Bay Area over in Oakland in March of 2014 when Mark Jackson, Jackson era was the head coach of the Golden State Warriors, one of many uh, deemed to be really bad losses. Uh, there were a handful of bad losses that wound up being part of his ouster ah. as head coach during the regular season. Uh, if, well, it was losing in the first round of the Clippers, though, that really sealed his fate. Well, right? it did, but they were a six seed, and I think the belief was that they shouldn't have been a six seed. And they lost so many games during the regular season that it really affected their positioning to where they were they were playing the, the Clippers at that particular point in time and, and they probably shouldn't have been. So yeah, that was the final you know, that was the final nail. But uh, there were a lot of losses and that Knicks game I remember was was one of them. You know, last night uh, the Knicks got blown out by Portland, but the Knicks uh, last night nobody played more than twenty seven minutes. So at some point, Mike Miller realized, you know, we got a shot. <laughs> we got a shot. Well, it used to be. It's funny. Yeah, it's tomorrow, funny because it used so to be I'm going to wave the white flag early. Yeah, it used to be teams would wave the white flag 
before they'd even step onto the Oracle floor. I mean, the Warriors were so good the last few years that teams would teams would rest guys at against the Warriors because they felt they didn't have a chance to win the game. Load, uh, and, load and it, management, you mean? It would just be, hey, guys are taking a night off. I mean, good teams, bad teams. I mean, the Warriors were such juggernaut on a lot of those nights that, you know, there were some some premier matchups that got just absolutely wrecked because yeah. teams would just say, ah, forget it. We're not winning tonight. They're too good. Well, those who bought tickets tonight, they uh, they got a Kevon Looney bobblehead, uh, Kevon Looney's Stormtrooper bobblehead. They saw an interesting game. I mean, they saw a close game, overtime game, and they witnessed history, the first overtime game in the history of the Chase Center. Uh, but speaking of Steve Kerr and his search for – uh, a rotation that's going to work. Don't you think for Steve Kerr right now, after coaching a team that uh, won three championships, it's got to be like somebody playing Madden and they're the Patriots all the time. You know, I'm always a Patriots, always a Patriots. And then all of a sudden, no, somebody else is Patriots. you got to be the <laughs> Dolphins. And it's like, what's wrong? This game is a lot harder, right? Yeah. <laughs> coaching this team. Can you imagine before? And I think you made this point during the game. Before, it's like, what am I going to do? Well, uh, Steph's going back in and Clay's going back in, so we should be good. Well, and, and it's look, a whole different deal. You know, we we talked about the fact that you know if the Warriors are playing eight guys and they only have eight available or nine, well, all nine are going to play, and you basically can on a on a card kind of scratch out. All right, this is going to be the rotation. You're going right. to sub one. You know, one guy's going to come in here at the six minute mark. Another guy's going to come in at the three minute mark. This guy's going to come in for that guy, and you pretty much can map out the whole game on a little half sheet of paper as far as your rotation and then adjust accordingly if there's foul trouble or, or maybe if somebody's not playing well. But really, regardless of whether guys are playing well or not, they're still, still going to have to get a certain uh, level of, of time on the floor to keep everybody relatively fresh. Right now, if there's anything going on, it's the fact that there's the Warriors almost have too many bodies and they have, they have too many players of a similar talent level. So it becomes difficult... I think for Steve Kerr to decide who exactly is going to play or come up with some semblance of a rotation because he has, I think, 12 players right now. We'll throw Jordan Poole out because this is the second straight game that he's taken a DNP coach's right, decision. Right. And we know that they're going to send him at some point down to Santa Cruz to, to get his confidence back before he can come back up uh, w with the Warriors. Uh, so I, I think if there is any anything here, it's become a little problematic that, that he's kind of searching for how to use everybody because I think in some sense he wants to play every single player. If you just, you know, the starting lineup, Pascal, Draymond, Colley Stein, Glenn Robinson, D'Angelo Russell, okay, that's fine. That's been the starting lineup he's used uh, here for a, a couple of weeks when he's had those players all available. But Looney, you want to get time, right? Burks has been one of your better players. Bowman is somebody you want to get time to. Damian Lee's coming back. You want to play him. Spellman and Chris have been, you know, a part of that eight and nine man rotation when that's all they had. And then Jacob Evans, you want to get him out on the floor. Oh, he only played six minutes in the ball game tonight, but he's coming back from an injury, so you kind of want to see him. It just, I, I think, it's tough right now for Steve Kerr to figure out some semblance of a rotation that, that gives you maybe the best chance to win. Right now he's just kind of playing everybody and seeing how it goes. And to your point, when you have a ton of talent, uh, you know, it, it almost doesn't matter how you set up the you rotation. You can make a, a bad choice and it could still work out like for you. you. You can set it up one way and then in the second half you can, you know, go one for one. But when you know you've got Curry and Clay and Draymond and Durant and maybe Iguodala coming in with six, seven minutes to go. Right. And that's going to be your five to finish. I mean, if you're within, 
eight or ten points at that point, you're either way, you're you're probably looking at a win. Well, he may be looking at a, a lineup decision now, right? I mean, as Steve Kerr looks and says, wow, we're getting off to these bad starts, and hey, um, Marquise Chris is playing well. Marquise Chris tonight had 12 points. He uh, had 10 rebounds and two assists, and he blocked three shots. So maybe at some point Marquise Chris is going to be uh, starting again, and Willie Cauley-Stein sits down. Willie Cauley-Stein, by the way, Willie Cauley-Stein coming into tonight is the only guy on the team that had – um, a higher offensive rating than defensive rating. And uh, without getting lost in the weeds, you always want a higher offensive rating than defensive rating. He was the only one on the team that had a higher offensive than defensive rating coming into this game. But Marquise Chris had an impact on this game in a way that Willie Cauley-Stein rarely does. So I'm just wondering going forward if that's something that Steve Kerr is looking at. He spoke tonight after the game glowingly of Marquise Chris. So that's something to keep an eye on. As Marquise Chris, again, is trying to prove that he belongs in the NBA. And I think if you're looking for maybe a little bit more energy or a different dynamic yeah. in the starting lineup, that would be one simple move you could make. You maybe just flip those two in terms of the rotation. It's not like both wouldn't, or, you know, one wouldn't play at all. I think Willie Cauley-Stein would still play. Sure. But maybe it's just a position grouping that Steve Kerr believes uh, can be a little bit more effective early. All right, Tish in Hercules. Tish is up here on 95.7 The Game on the phone lines here at 888-957-9570. Hi, Tish. Hi. I'm the perennial optimist, and I was at the game. I'm usually at the game. but they, and, and I'm really proud of how they came back and got overtime after being down 23 to the friggin' Knicks. But, <laughs> you know, the bottom line is, this is what I see. I see that these young guys need to be taught the importance of not having empty possessions. I can't tell you how many times they stop and try a three when if they go in and get a two or if they get the dog on rebound and get a two, we wouldn't be in the position we're in. I mean, I can, I can think of, in my mind, at least 10 points that were lost simply because, you know, we didn't get the two. I mean, sometimes we seem to be playing with the, um, what do you call them, the Harlem Globetrotters, because they, they seem to dunk and the ball will come right back out or the ball will rim around the rim and not go in. I mean, it was like a trick basket or something. But the bottom line is they do not try for twos enough. And I feel when, and I know I'm old school because I've been around – you know, watching games before there was a three-pointer. But the bottom line is if you get the lead and you consistently get your twos, you're probably going to stay ahead. But if you get the lead and you keep stopping and having three or four empty possessions because you're trying for threes, you're going to not have the lead. And that's like a basic basic that everybody knows in high school. And somehow I feel like today's NBA guys, don't understand that people used to win championships with two points. Okay. Thanks, Tish. No, yeah. that's, and, and she made to, some great To points. your point, the Warriors were 35 of 67 from two. They shot 52% on their twos. Yeah, and on the threes, uh, 10 of 37. So I think she makes some, some great points. Uh, I think the offense in the half court, especially at crunch time, looks very disorganized, and some of that is because, you know, they have had – over the last few years, um, not the most structured offense, which is fine when you've got guys who are uber-talented and have played in it. And this year, I think, you know, sometimes when they need a basket, you can see that people aren't familiar 
uh, with the offense. But I, I I agree. I thought tonight they took too many too many threes. When when you missed, they missed twenty seven three pointers tonight. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors wrap up here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, we're brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. We roll on here, call of the game straight ahead. Uh, we'll also hear from Draymond Green and D'Angelo Russell before we get out of here as the Warriors lose to the Knicks 124-122. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. Warriors lose to the Knicks, 124-122. The Warriors lost for the first time in the regular season in the 24th game that Draymond Green had a triple-double. So the Warriors were 23-0 in the regular season before tonight when Draymond Green had a triple-double, and Draymond Wound up with 14 points, 10 boards, 12 assists. Kind of a stealth triple-double, right? It's like, oh, yeah, he had a triple-double. Yeah, I didn't really and, notice. And the, and the Warriors losing. They did lose a playoff game last year when he had a triple-double. Uh, but before that, they had been undefeated in games, playoffs, and regular season when mm -hmm. he had had uh, a triple-double previously. Let's go ahead and hear from Draymond Green after this ball game. Does this loss hurt more because it's the Knicks, or do they all just kind of feel the same at this point? Uh, no, nah, loss is a loss. It doesn't matter who it's against. Loss. Draymond, was it just their size that was such an issue in the paint, especially in the first half, or was was there something else? Um, you know, there's they they definitely they really out rebound us. Um, not sure what the final numbers was, but you know, they started first quarter I think up eighteen to eight in, in boards, and that sets a tone. And we, you know, they they got to the paint every play. You know, it's you get you. Yeah, had 30 points or something like that in the paint. Some point, like middle of the second quarter or something like that, and that's you know that's tough to it's tough to overcome. What did you think that Marquise Chris added to the starting lineup? And then second part of the question: What? How did Willie Cauley Stein kind of energize that bench part? Uh, he's really brought a lot of energy um, tonight, and you know he was flying around the floor, coming up with loose balls. Um, you know, he had some great finishes. We played really well, and, and Willie played well also. You know, he's very aggressive, which, you know, I always tell him, like, stay aggressive. Uh, you know, that's definitely great for this team. So, you know, I think they both played well. And, um, you know, he wasn't, he didn't not start in the second half because he wasn't playing well. He played really well. Draymond, when your team pushes up, uh, pushes uh, the pace up on the court, what, what differences do you see for your team? I think, you know, for us, it's about finding that balance. You know, you definitely want to push the pace. Um, but, you know, it's for us, it's about finding the balance and understanding, you know, when we need to slow it down and get a good shot. I think we're doing a better job of that. Uh, that falls on myself and D'Angelo. Um, yeah, we're doing, we're doing a better job at it, but, you know, we have to continue to get better with that, you know, when – and we're not as talented as most teams. We're so young. Uh, you got to know when to, to try to get a great shot and when, you know, to push the tempo. So, you know, young squad was something we're figuring out, but I think we're doing a, better at it. How much do you see Looney kind of trying to physically get himself back to where he was? Uh, he He's definitely trying to get there. You know, it's, it's tough when you're playing three minutes, two minutes. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough when you're doing that. But nonetheless, you know, Loon's a pro. Uh, probably one of the – 
best pros I've ever been around. And he's so young. Um, but he's a pro, you know. He'll figure it out. He's in here working every day. He's playing three on three. Uh, you know, you don't want to bring him back and run him into the ground, and he's right back out. So, you know, just got to keep chopping away at it. And like I said, if there's anybody that can and will do that, it's him. All right, so Draymond Green there following the Warriors' loss to the Knicks. Draymond tonight had uh, obviously a triple-double nice game, but he was a good example of what uh, caller Tish was was talking about. Draymond tonight was 5 of 11 from the floor, but he was 1 of 5 beyond the arc. So you figure you don't need to shoot that many threes when they're not dropping, and it still looks like he's – you know, he's been a little up and down with his threes this year, and that's, you know, that's probably a diplomatic way to say it. There's still too many times when it looks like he just can't get it there. Well, I think they want him to shoot it, though, to get yeah, better I know, at it. So I it's know. kind of a catch-22 with him because I think they want him to use this year to build some confidence to, to try and, you know, get, yeah, you know yeah. get better at it. And Draymond's right. Early on especially, the Knicks were just taking the ball right at the rack. Now, points in the paint ended up being pretty uh, even, but early in the game, it was clear the Knicks knew we're just taking it right at the at the rim here. Uh, let's get to our call of the game. It's time for the call of the game. Brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile. Draymond finds Russell. Russell in the corner. Five seconds, takes a three. Got it! He hit it! He hit it with 3.9 to go. We're tied at 112. Great shot, kid. That was one in a million. All right, so the Warriors, yeah. D'Angelo Russell sending the game into overtime as uh, he hit the three-pointer. Game wound up tied at 112, and the Warriors would go on to lose to the Knicks. Uh, know the call of the game tomorrow if you're listening to Jolo and Dibs at 9.30 on 95.7 The Game. If you can correctly identify the call we just played when they call for it at 9.30, you'll win $50 to Schroeder's Restaurant at 240 Front Street in San Francisco. The call of the game is brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile. Whitey, final thoughts? 32 points for D'Angelo Russell tonight. I still think it's apparent the Warriors are going to trade him if they get a decent offer between now and the deadline. Yeah, 27 shots, and it just, yeah, he just doesn't seem to me to be their kind of player. Although, look, the Warriors have. He supplied some thrills tonight. The Warriors have, you know, 56 games to to figure it out and I think they would probably ultimately like to have him get some time with Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson who knows if that you know will happen just to get a look at that but I just I just continue to think you know he just doesn't fit the way that the Warriors have played basketball when they were at the elite you know, status of, of winning championships. We'll see. Maybe they carve out a role for him. Maybe they change the way they're going to play moving forward because that they feel that gives them the best chance to, to contend in the future. It, it all remains to be seen. But you're right. They need him uh, on nights like tonight to kind of do sure. what he did. Yeah. Just to, to keep him in a game, even against a team like the Knicks. That's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks to Tim Jordan for setting us up out here. Thanks to Alex Scott and yeah. Ryan Mouser in our San Francisco studios. We will be back on Friday night, 4.30, uh, actually in the afternoon, the Warriors and the Jazz uh, in Salt Lake City. We'll uh, talk to you then, everybody, as the Warriors lose tonight, 124-122. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 